Will you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together be acceptable in your sight through Christ Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Oh, how comforting to have the choir somewhere else than behind me. We are blessed to be coming to another time of Lent, are we not? And we let our thoughts and our hearts turn inward. And as one of my professors once said, when you close the door and you turn off the TV and you shut out the noise of the outside world, it's only then that you discover that the noise inside of us is what has been thundering all along. We are not always moored tightly to the mooring. Our lives drift from time to time. The story is told of a young priest who had just come into the priesthood, and he had come out of the sport of rugby and into the priesthood. And he was taking his vows seriously, but he was also taking seriously that as a young man, he might be able to attract other young people to the faith if he was a good steward of his body, and he continued to show that you can be an athlete and a Christian. And so he sat one night with a warm shawl around his shoulders in his little uh, private room at the abbey, and he was reading by an incandescent light in his scriptures and devotions for the day and waiting for the call because it was the time when he was going to go through the spiritual direction with the abbot and each person at the community where he lived was going to be interviewed one at a time to see what they would do for Lent. And the knock came on the door and he strode down the hall in the best shape of his life. He sat down in front of the abbot who said, I have a discipline, and I've been praying long and hard about it, that I want you to undertake as a discipline for Lent. And then he set a Snickers bar in front of this young man, and he said, I am asking you to gain 15 pounds during Lent because the image in your mirror is becoming an idol to you, and you need to give it to the Lord. Return to the Lord with all your heart. Sounds easy at first. Wow, that's what's wrong. I just need to return to the Lord, and then my life will be back on the rails, and then I'll be okay, and then I'll just get on with what I need to do, and this disturbing feeling that I've been having will just abate. The Lord will speak to the waves and the wind in my life. Siopa, pefimosa, be silent, be shut, and I will be okay. The problem is, as Frederick Beekner once pointed out, the problem is that there is the Jesus who was and there is the Jesus who is. And most often, 
We turn to the Jesus who was because it's there that we can read the stories and we can remember. But when we turn to the Jesus who was, most often we only remember the good things that he did, welcoming children on his knee and blessing people and feeding 5,000 with a couple of fish and a handful of loaves. We remember the Jesus who was, but not all of the Jesus who was. Because he was also the one who said, depart from me, because you have not fed the least of these, you've not fed me. He was the one who stole, told the story of the rich man and Lazarus and how Dives could never get back to Lazarus. He, was, he had sealed his fate in eternity. Did Jesus really say that? He was the one who from time to time told people, it's harder for a rich man to go into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And no, he wasn't talking about a gate somewhere that was named the Eye of the Needle where you had to unpack your beasts of burden to get through, although some scholars would think that that was making it very convenient and easy to interpret that passage. I think Jesus was engaging in a little bit of play. It's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than for Pastor Bill to grow a full head of hair. That's what he was saying. But what is impossible what is impossible for humans is somehow possible for God. Return to the Lord with all your heart is the word. It's the word from the prophet. It's the word we find sprinkled like croutons through the prayer of David in the 51st Psalm. It's the word of Jesus. Return to the Lord with all your heart. And how are we to do that, Lord? We need to find the Jesus who is again, not the Jesus who was. The word to us tonight is not to return to the church with all your heart, but return to the Lord with all your heart. Not to return to your guideposts or your upper room devotional with all your heart, but return to the Lord with all your heart. Not to return to our resume buildings and our reputations with all of our heart, but return to the Lord with all our hearts. For the Lord is a beautiful, beautiful presence in the lives of those who would come to him. He is so eager that we just come and share time. Like that colleague of mine who was nearly in tears when I said, you've done so much for your church, of course they love you. And he said, just once I wish they could love me, not for what I've done for them, but just because I'm me. And this is the, this is the relationship that God desires with us. It's not return to your good behaviors and your bad behaviors and you weigh them out and you see if you're a moral person. Don't return to your morality with all your heart, but return to the Lord with all your heart. I have spent an entire career as a pastor urging people to five simple disciplines. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Be in church once a week. Find a handful of people to meet with once a week to hold you accountable for your baptismal vows and in your life, practice works of love. Those five things. I have urged them over and over and over again. But if I had 
urge them upon anybody so that they could create a checklist and say, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, then, then I must be the most cursed of all. I urge these things in the faint hope that in undertaking these disciplines, we can break through them and see the one whose love and light is behind them. We're not called to worship the scriptures. Oh my heavens, this week in the United Methodist Church, the cudgels that have been wielded as scripture over one another, as people continue to work through their disagreements and they say, I, I, I interpret the scriptures this way and it means this and this is the word of God and somebody over here says, well, I interpret the scripture this way and it means this and this is the word of God. I'm gonna put us on a very precarious ledge tonight and say, stop sharing with me your interpretations of scripture. Move through the scriptures and find Jesus. Our faith has to come to life. George MacDonald said it. The scriptures are the moon in the night sky. They are a source of light to us on a dark night, but they are not the source of light. They only reflect the light. And the light comes from God through his son Jesus. Move through the scriptures. Move through our prayers. Stop building resumes as if our faithfulness as Christians was what was saving us and move through them until we hear God say, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you. You were harder to find than Adam and Eve in the garden. How glad I am to see you. How long I have waited to hold you again. When you pray, Jesus said, go into your chamber in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't stand on the street corner making loud, loud, long prayers. Don't stand in the pulpit making loud, loud, long prayers. But go into the chamber. And the word there used is not used very often in Koine Greek. It has a very specific mean, meaning. It's not just a room. It's the bridal chamber. It's Jesus' way of telling us all we ought to be as enthusiastic about moving to our time of prayer as a bride and groom are about going to their chamber on their wedding night. Because it's a place of love. It's a place where, by the grace of God, we can consummate his love for us if we are willing. If we can lay ourselves aside long enough to return to the Lord and not to our impression of what we think the Lord would be pleased with. I am talking about a living faith, and it is possible by the grace of God to have such a faith. The immediacy of God every day of our lives. And when we have that relationship, it doesn't matter whether we've been employed or whether we've been laid off. It doesn't matter whether the world is at war or is experiencing shalom. It doesn't matter if we have poverty or if we have wealth. If we have the Lord, we have everything. And we can do all things through Christ who loves us. Pastor Jerry and I um, covet your prayers especially tonight. Because we have been trained by the entertainment industry that whenever a story starts, whenever a show begins, whenever we start worship, you're supposed to 
look for the good guys and the bad guys. Every Bible story is like a melodrama to us. And when the villain walks on the stage, we say, boo. And when the hero walks on the stage, we say, hey, there you go. The only problem is that in Matthew 6, no matter how many ways you turn it, the clergy are the bad guys. <laughs> We're the bad guys. We're dressed in robes. <laughs> We're about to invite you to come and put ashes on your head. We're about to... Do everything the scriptures say not to do. And we're trained to say, boo. <laughs> and right now, it isn't an easy time to be clergy, actually. If I had a dollar for every time someone has said to me in the last five years, well, I'm spiritual, but I don't want anything else to do with organized religion. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that in the last couple of years, we would be able to do whatever we want around this campus, <laughs> and then some. And that's the state of things in the world. They don't trust anymore. Maybe you will say, who can blame them? I don't know. Or maybe, maybe we can take it upon ourselves to say, look through what we're talking about. Not past it, not around it, don't fly over it, but come through it. And there's something on the other side, something powerful and clear and real and visceral, something inspired and you can breathe it in. There is the presence of Almighty God. And it's up to us to show them through our consistent love, our persistent prayer, our insistent demand that God's peace be shed abroad across the whole world. Oh, I wonder this night, can we return to the Lord? Even here in this service, with this that we are doing so that we can all be on the same page together, our ritual, can we find in the midst of the ritual a deeper peace and understanding, a deeper experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the Jesus who was, but the Jesus who is, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.